So Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Do you remember what we um, what um, Mark spoke about last week? Mark, do you remember? What <laughs> remember last week? So we've had Hezekiah, the good king, hooray! And the bad kings, Manasseh and others around him. So Hezekiah opened up the doors of the temple. He reinstituted godly worship. Hooray! He, he led his city, Jerusalem, through a battle and being surrounded by the enemy. The enemy came against him, the Assyrian army. The powerful army says nothing will stop us. But Mark led us last week, didn't he? You remember now, Mark led us that actually the Assyrians turned back and Hezekiah was a victorious king. Wonderful, isn't it? Read the story. Well, today we have Hezekiah and his boil. Okay? Uh, Pustule. Hezekiah and his pustule. Okay, so we're in uh, 2 Kings 20. In these days, Hezekiah became ill and he was at the point of death. And if we read through the passage, we find actually it was because uh, of this boil. And so, uh, first of all, I thought we can pray. Any boils, pustules, septic spots, um, we could pray for that. Maybe there is some, maybe you have some skin complaint. For Hezekiah, it was deadly. And if you've got a, I've got a gnat bite. I got bitten by a gnat the other day. But maybe you've got something that is really troublesome in your skin. Wouldn't it be wonderful of Jesus to bring healing to us as we look at this story? Because it's not just history, it's God among us today. So what happened in those times to the king? We have something amazing. We can talk direct to God. But in the old covenant, you needed a prophet or a priest. The king says, find me the prophet, the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, what's going to happen because of this boil? wherever it was, I don't know. And uh, Isaiah listens to God. God, what's going to happen to the kings boiling? Isaiah gets the word from God. He's going to die. In comes Isaiah. Hezekiah says, have you been praying? Yes, I've been praying. I'm a good prophet, says says, uh, Isaiah. What's the Lord saying, says Hezekiah? This is very sore. uh, Isaiah says, "Um, God says you're going to die and you'll not recover. I mean, that's like, I, th- I think that and Ananias. Okay, Ananias, I want you to go to the house where Saul, the killer of Christians, is. You know, these two things must rank as the worst answers of hearing God in your quiet time, prayer time. Right? I want you to go and tell the king that he's going to die. I want you to go to the house where, Anna, uh, where Saul is and the killer of Christians. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. So I'm in 2 Kings 20. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed. You bet. I mean, just imagine. You get a word come to... What happened at church this morning? Well, God says, this is it. Put your house in order. I won't recover. So Hezekiah prayed. Oh, Lord, remember. I bet he did. How I've walked faithfully before you. I've walked with wholehearted devotion. I've done what's good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Not just because of the boil, but... His end of days, Hezekiah, his just heart is being poured out. Before Isaiah left the middle court, so Isaiah's gone off and said, God, don't ever speak to me like that again, please. Don't ever put me in that place. But before he left, 
the words of the Lord came to Isaiah. Hey, Isaiah, yes, Lord, go back and speak to the king. Oh, now what? It's going to live. It's going to live. So Isaiah comes back in. King, I've got something to tell you. This is what the Lord, the God of your father says. I've heard your prayer. What? I've seen your tears. <gasps> I'm going to heal you on the third day from now. You'll go up to the temple of the Lord. I'm going to add not one year, not five years, but 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of King Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, I tried to get one of these, but I couldn't get one on the NHS. Prepare a poultice of figs. I, mean, I, don't, I, I know what a fig is. You know what a fig is. They're lovely Mediterranean fruit. Oh, scrumptious. A poultice. I mean, what's that like? Bandages and like all soggy and we're going to whack it on the boil. They did it and applied to the boil. You can do that, servants. And he recovered. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what's going to be the sign the Lord will heal me that I'll go to the temple on the third day? Well, Isaiah answered, this is the Lord's sign. He's going to do it. Will the shadow go forward 10 steps or back? Well, it's easy. It's to go 10 steps forward, says Hezekiah. They'll have it go back 10 steps. And the prophet Isaiah called on the Lord, and the Lord made the shadow. Get this, the shadow goes back 10 steps. I don't know how that happened. What with the world and the sun and the moon. But it went back 10 steps down on the stairway of Ahaz. So here's a king with a boil, and he's dying. He calls for the prophet, the priest. What's God say? Get ready, you're going to die. These are difficult days for Hezekiah, aren't they? We've had all the success, the temple, the armies of Assyria pulling back, and now it's just some pesky boil that's gone septic, and maybe it's sepsis, who knows. But something happens in his heart, something happens in the king, and I believe God, it will help us in this season, not just to know about Hezekiah, but to know what were the truths that helped Hezekiah? What does this story tell us? That helps us. Not just, okay, if you get ill, get some figs and make a poultice. What does God show us from this? Well, first of all, when Hezekiah hears the bad news, he turns his face to the wall, he weeps bitterly and he speaks, and God answers. So our first thing, God hears. You know, throughout the Bible, and actually his name is, I am the Lord that hears. He is heals, but he hears. I'm the Lord that hears. Isn't that good? If you are crying out against the wall, you have a, a sepsis, you have a boil, he's the one who hears. But he also hears each of us. He hears us as a church. He says to Israel when they've been slaves in Egypt, I have heard, I have seen, and now I'm going to act. Hezekiah finds that he is the God who hears so maybe in your season of tears, you remind yourself, Lord, you are the one that hears. Let's pour out our hearts. You know, Hezekiah didn't hold back. He poured it out. Sometimes to lament, to cry, to groan, Scripture says. See, sometimes that's our prayers. We think, I can't express the pain. He's the one that hears. It says in Psalms, he stores our tears like in a bottle. 
if you are crying in a minute, if you are living a life of tears, God hears. God hears. He hears our hearts. But he doesn't just hear, he acts. He says to the Israelites, I've heard and I'm coming. And he hears Hezekiah. As Hezekiah prays, God speaks to the prophet. Go back, he's got 15 more years. I've heard is the name of God to us. He's the one who heard and I am acting. I am acting. But as I prepare this, I think, but Lord, what about those times when I know you're hearing, but it feels like you're not acting. It's like, like you're waiting. Come on, God, now would be a really good time. What do we do in those times? And I haven't got any clever answer. And I think sometimes there is a mystery of why God does not answer our deepest heartfelt cries. I think, what do we do in those times when it doesn't make sense and it feels unfair or unrighteous? What does it do when you're answering their prayers, but why not ours? I don't know. I wish I had some clever answer. Sometimes, friends, there is a season of darkness that we walk through and it doesn't make sense. And I think as we look in the Bible, we find, okay, he did and she did. Hannah is crying out. She's barren. Lord, send a child. How many years does she go to the temple each week, uh, each year praying? Sarah and um, Abraham, Abraham and Sarah praying for a son. So long in the end, so, okay, we've got to make this happen some other way. I'll sleep with the servant girl. What about in those times? Lord, if you'd been here, our brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. In those days of waiting and just stewing, if Jesus had been here, he would have sorted this, but he's not here, and we asked him. Now, friends, sometimes, like Hezekiah, there's an answer, but sometimes there's a delay. And in those times, we, we say, Lord, this doesn't make any sense, but you're the God who hears. That's your name. You are faithful. We have a choice. So I'm sorry there's not a clever answer. Because sometimes there is loss. Sometimes there is pain. But friends, we do know he is the one who hears. Hezekiah wept. He wept who for? He wept for himself. And God healed him. But listen to what God says, why he's healed him. In verse 5, go back and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord, the God of your father says, I've heard your prayer I've seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day, you will go to the temple. I'll add 15 years. I'll deliver you from this city and the hand of the king of Assyria. I'll defend this city for my sake. For my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Yeah, but what about me, Lord? God says, I'm going to defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Friends, Sometimes we want God to answer our prayers, and he does. But, you know, actually, God has a purpose in working in our lives that's bigger than you and I. And I think somewhere in that is the mystery. God, why don't you act for what I want? And we find that God has a bigger purpose. Hezekiah found out, God says, I'm doing this for the sake of David. What about my son? 
No, for the sake of... I'm doing this for the sake of this holy city. Friends, as we heard last week, there's a bigger story of God's people that you and I have been called into. We say, Jesus, come into my heart. God says, I'm going to call you into a bigger story. Mary, the mother, uh, the mother of Jesus, but a, a 16, 14-year-old girl, here's, a, here's an angel. You're going to be pregnant. You're, okay, it's, it's my story. Now this is going to become something of the bigness, the big story. Abraham, you want a son. God says, I'm going to give you multiple sons, part of a bigger story. Simon Peter, you want to stop this because you'd like me to stay with you, but this is part of a bigger story. I wonder what God's bigger story might be for you and I. Father, would you show us? We think it's about answer prayer for me, but God says it's part of a bigger story. A bigger story for the city. Lord, you've called me into something bigger. Often, isn't it, when we become individual in our approach, as we started this morning, we think, okay, it's Jesus and me. I'll go to church. I'll be part of this if I feel like it. God says, I've called you as an army. I've called you as a family. I've called you as a people. Together, this is part of my story. Oh, Lord, forgive us. I thought it was about you making me feel nice. I thought it was about you answering my prayers. God says, will you follow me? Because this is part of my story. Yeah, but Lord, we quite liked it when you, when you did the small thing, says Simon Peter. You can't go to the cross. This will never happen. We want you to stay around. Now, Peter, get behind me, Satan, because this is part of God's big story. And don't we see that in the death of Jesus, that it was for the hope set before him, the big story that he endured the cross. What we, what you and I need, what we need is to see the big story, the big story of Scripture. Yes, he acts, he answers, but we pray. When we see the big story, Lord, let your glory and fame, which is bigger than any one of us, then we start to be stirred. God has called us. God comes to Gideon, says, get out, mighty warrior. And he says, well, just thinking of me, I'm the least. I've got my family's nothing much. God says, you are a mighty warrior and you are going to lead this nation. God invites them into a bigger story. What if God is calling Open Door and you and I into a bigger story? Not just this, well, God, what will you do for us? But what will he do through us? What's our bigger story? Do you know your bigger story? Is it just, Lord, answer my prayers? Are our prayers just full of, Lord, please help me in this and me in that? God loves it as we are honest with him. We bring those, but Lord, expand my praying that it's about brothers and sisters. It's about your purposes. Maybe is there a nation you could be regularly praying, Lord, put a nation on my heart so I'm not just praying for me and my family. Maybe there's a map on the wall or something. You could pray, you could find out about believers in a different nation. Lord, stir me to think bigger. What could God be calling us to? Lord, help me in my job, in the school, in the hospital, wherever it is. Lord, to see that, oh, it's just not me going through the motions, go to work, come home. But I'm part of something bigger, your kingdom being expressed. Isn't it great that God says, I'm going to fill this earth, not with church services, but with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. He's going to fill it with people, 
a people, a family. He's going to fill this earth with his people. That's the bigger story, the bigger story that you and I are called into. Lord, let us see it like Hezekiah. You think, what's, what's, the, what's the basis of all this, Adrian? How, how do I know that God answers? You see, when we read the Old Testament, always be looking. Where's Jesus in this story? I wonder, as we've read about it, the king, the boil, the poultice, the prophet. Where's Jesus in the story? The Old Testament is Jesus concealed. New Testament, Jesus revealed. Where's Jesus? I think you might find different ways he's hidden. Here's one way that, as I've reflected. So what does Hezekiah pray on his bed? What does he pray? He appeals to God because of his own works. Lord, remember, I've walked really faithfully before you. I've been good. I've been devout. Remember the temple I did? I walked with wholehearted devotion. I've done what's good in your eyes. Hezekiah pleaded of his own record before God. Who else prayed a prayer like that? Who else walked faithfully and with wholehearted devotion? Who else wept bitterly? Uh Maybe this is where Jesus is. Who came as a servant? Who wept bitterly in the garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but your will, he prayed. Who was the one that spoke from the cross and said, Father, forgive them? And who said, it's finished? How do we have confidence? With boils and pain and turbulent times. Let's tweak Hezekiah's prayer and see if this works. We might pray. Remember, Lord, how you have walked faithfully. You have walked with wholehearted devotion. You have done what is good in the Father's eyes. You have wept bitterly. So therefore, I can trust that your prayers will be heard. Because, friends, I can look at my life and maybe we look at our own lives and think, I'm not sure there's too much to swing it either way with God. God, would you answer because... Because I also know as well as the good list, there's another long list here of not so good. But I can pray knowing fully the one who is wholehearted, the one who is devoted, the one who was faithful even to death on the cross and making himself as a form of a servant. Because of him I can come and speak to the Father. You know, when we're caught by this big story... When we're caught by there's one who speaks to the Father on our behalf, we can be strong, can't we? Because now our strength is not in what we can do, but in what he has done. Let me remind you of the verse in Hebrews 10, and we're finished. That you and I have freedom and confidence to come before God because Christ has opened for us a new and living way. He's given us authority. He has wept. His work was fully, fully, fully able to persuade God. 
fully able to fulfill the law, fully able to present you and I. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. What a saviour. Where the Father hears his prayers. And the Bible says he intercedes for you and I. Jesus.